Welcome to the More Than More podcast, education edition, where we help you build a better business. All right. Hi, Angela and Dylan here. Um, We're going to do something a little different today. Um, We have 25 phrases to win with in conversations that we want to share with you all. Um, So yeah, we're going to kick this off. I'm going to turn it over to Dylan and we're going to kind of give you some thoughts of where we're going with this. And then we're going to get started with these words to win with. Yeah, I think this is going to be fun. Yeah. These are uh, some, some preamble to this whole thing. These are really a whole bunch of phrases that we have collected over the years. Well, I've been collecting and working on. I'm a big communicator and I spend most of my time talking. Mm-hmm. And I'm also an interesting personality sometimes. And so I've had to work on how to communicate in a way that produces the best results with people, whether it's a negotiation or an interview or just... Hard conversations absolutely. in general. Yeah. And so these are just 25 little phrases that I've collected and, and frankly have been working on trying to deploy better and better and even better in my, uh, <laughs> yeah. in my communications. And so uh, I was just thinking about the, the tighter here, words to win with, yeah. 25 phrases to win with, uh, winning. I feel like I need to uh, elaborate. What winning is? Well, yeah, because we're not yeah. trying to win, right? No. Uh, but winning means win-win and creating positive outcomes in your communications with people. But the backdrop to this is just this idea that I think I've learned progressively over the years more and more. We, We think that we're more rational than we really are. And what I've learned over the years is that truly we're just a big bowl of emotions. And in our communication with people, uh, our words matter. We all, we all talk about triggers and our society is full of people that are very easily triggered right now, but <laughs> um, tri- we're all triggered. And the, I think when I say trigger, what I mean is when certain people say certain things, it actually induces a physiological Does response things in me. to you. Yeah. In and brain. S- certain words and certain yeah. phrases actually trigger a, a, a burst of adrenaline in me and cortisol. And it actually creates a fight or flight response because yeah. the way you said that felt like a tiger Attack. was jumping out of a yeah. bush. Yeah. And that makes me need to respond similarly. And in the same way, there's all sorts of phrases and words that can, and and I actually found this word, it's not a trigger, it's a glimmer. Have you heard this? No, I have not heard that before. Me (laughs) neither. But apparently a glimmer is the opposite of Happier version? Well, it's the opposite of a trigger. Okay. And so it's, uh, well, again, phrases, thoughts, whatever, that can stimulate in someone a physiological response that actually does the opposite. It shoots right. serotonin to them mm-hmm. or oxytocin and yeah. creates the sense of, hold on, this is a safe place. This person's on my side and this person sees my point of view. I'm safe. I can calm Open down. Up and, and yes. Yeah, let's have a conversation. Yeah. And so these aren't magic, but I, I do think that there is a magic to communication. Absolutely. And I think there's, I call it hacking the system. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of like computer games. And I can do certain moves that produce certain outcomes. And I think it's the same in communication Absolutely. with people. But I do want to start just with one more disclaimer. These are all ones I'm actually working Actively. on in, in every day. Yeah. And so I'm certainly not the expert on this, but I I am someone that wakes up every day yeah. working intentionally on my communication. Keep it a conscious thought so you actually can work on it. That's really, that's good. All right. So we're going to work to do this in two parts. Actually, it's going to do two different series here. So we're going to start with some general. Um, we're going to have the first 16 that we're going to share, and then we're going to wrap up and we have a few more. Um, so let's go ahead and kick it off with number one. Um, I l- this is a good one. Replace but with and. Yeah. And this is one that I think everyone's heard. Yeah. 
But the reason I started with this is it's, it's something I've struggled with and have not been successful at until recently. And I think I figured out the hack okay. on this. So we've all he- heard that but is bad because no matter what you say, if you follow it with but, but yeah. all they hear after but is the after. Absolutely. Yeah. So, hey, I agree with what you're saying, but <laughs> doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and we're supposed to say, I agree with what you're saying. And, and what I figured out is it doesn't work in and of itself because it's disingenuous. I actually wrote down an example of this. Listen to this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did this for you. This is great. I like Justin Bieber, <laughs> but he's cocky and arrogant. Agreed. And I'm like, yeah. okay, well, let's just replace that with end. I like Justin Bieber and he's cocky and arrogant. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't work. So the hack that I figured out on this is I have to, in my communication, not just replace but with and, mm-hmm. but replace but with and and the sentence that follows. How can I create a sentence that follows and okay. that still gets my point across, right. only is an actual and to what they're saying. So right, not opposite anyway. Like that doesn't make sense the way you said it. Yeah. Just changing yes. the and doesn't cut it. Green. So I like Justin Bieber and he's cocky and arrogant, versus I like Justin Bieber and I appreciate that he's cleaning up his act. Oh, there you go. Is That's a fun so much better. Absolutely. Yeah. And so another practical example of this is I try to do some real estate <laughs> context here. Um, yeah, you could list it for 50, but the house won't sell at that price. Okay, that's not working. Yeah, sellers. Yeah, the butts a fight, right? Mm-hmm. Well, let me just replace the butt with an end. You could list it for 50 and the house won't sell at that price. <laughs> well, that just, doesn't make sense. It's even more cocky. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> it, it, it elicits the same fight or flight response from the recipient. Yeah. Good. But if I shift that to, you know, you could list the house at 450. And if the house sits on the market for a few weeks, well, then well, you can make, make an, an adjustment. adjustment. That's good. So the first one is is simple, but also not simple. You have to it's think not, through. Yes. And so it's not just replace your butt with and. It's replace your butt with <laughs> and and the sentence that follows. Yeah. And it's an art form. And it's not just the words that matter. There's actually a process in your head that has to happen. Yeah. That forces you to reconfigure what you're thinking right. in a way that actually actually helps your to cognitively make that change like actually, to what you're saying. Yeah. There's actually empathy on your part yeah. here. Yeah. You're actually trying to figure it out from their their That's perspective. Good. So replace but with and and, and your following <laughs> sentence. That's really good. Okay, number two. Uh, replace better. You said this already in the intro, if yeah. anybody caught it. Replace better with even better. Now this is one that I have mastered (laughs) okay (laughs) and i spend a lot of time meeting with people and frankly i'm always about what's next and what can be improved i really am bad at looking off the back of the boat and celebrating success because i'm always trying to improve move forward yeah so no matter what anyone brings to me i'm saying well the way we could make this better you could do yeah what could be better is (laughs) and i didn't even remember where i heard this from but it literally changed my conversations overnight somebody told me this Replace your better with even, even better because better insinuates what? That it wasn't great to begin with. That it was bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and so when I say, well, the way to make that better, right away in their head, they're like, oh, what I did suck. It was great, not great, yeah. And I know you didn't mean that. You, they know you didn't mean that, but that's, that's what happened in their mind. Absolutely. And so even better does something completely different because what does even better mean? You did a great job, but here's how we can improve. It was good. Yeah. But the one way that it could be even better than what you did mm-hmm. is this. So I replace better with even better. And I'm telling you, I do this daily. It's now uh, just a habit in my language. 
And it has completely transformed the response that I get from people in the context of offering space for improvement. Yeah. Advice on how to improve. Yeah, that's good. That does do something totally different to my brain. You can feel it right away. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so replace better with even even better. better. Got it. Uh, Number three, you are right. This is probably one of my favorites. You are right versus you are not wrong. Well, that (laughs) second part we'll we'll get to. Um, You are right. We all deep down want to be affirmed. And so in our conversations with people, whether it's an argument or someone's just making a point about something, we may disagree or not, but, but in the context that they are right, putting that little stake in the ground. Right. And hey, you know what? You're right about that. Is, is an incredibly powerful thing inside the heart and soul and mind and physiology of the person mm-hmm. on the other side. I think we need to, as much as we can sincerely, drop your rights into our conversation with pe- it doesn't mean that there aren't going to be yeah. parts we don't right. agree with. Yeah, disagree you with can later. still disagree. Yeah, but the parts that we do agree with, yeah, emphatically tell them where they're right, and I think that creates a a, a path forward inside of someone's mind yeah. and heart. That if there is a space that we disagree, there's room for that it's discussion. Okay. Yeah, because sometimes what we feel like is you disagree with every right. single thing that I'm saying. You made the safer space right away by kind of, like you said, planting that flag. So I think we need to actually use the words, you are right. The reason I included that, you're not wrong. It's sort of a, (laughs) well, it's a backstage joke that I have with a few people here. (laughs) Sometimes when you're dealing with someone that is right on something and it's it's hard or annoying to have to admit that they're right, (laughs) it's easier to say, well, you're not wrong. Well, you're not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And the only reason that's interesting to me is psychologically, why would we say that? And I think we would say you're not wrong because it's hard to say you're right. Yeah. But, but that's the point. Right. It's hard because it's giving something to someone. But that means that when they receive that, it means it's a value to them. Absolutely. And so I think we need to use you are right authentically More. and More. as much as we can in conversations with yeah. people. And again, that doesn't mean you have to always agree. It's good. It creates a safe space, I think. To continue the conversation. What do you think about that, by the way? Do you think I'm... You're, yeah, that, that's good. Yeah, you th- you're doing a good job with that, I'd say. Do you think I'm right? <laughs> you are right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's there. <laughs> yeah, that was cheesy. Yeah. Uh, next one, uh, number four. Please and thank you and my pleasure. I would say this is definitely one that, with my kids, it's been super <laughs> important working on with them their entire lives. I just... Maybe I come from a, a different culture. I know the four referability habits are, what, that's one of them, right? Mm-hmm. Say please and please thank and you. Thank you. I, re- I think the reason that that was included in the four referability habits, I just think we undervalue yes. the impact that politeness has in our conversations. I come from a different culture. And one of the things that shocked me in American culture when I first got here is when we go to, if you're ordering food at Panera or wherever, McDonald's, Americans have a tendency to say, I'll take a, or I'll have. And I grew up in a culture where we, we had to say, would I, could I please have? Mm-hmm. And my point on this is I don't quite care if you're talking to King Edward. Is that his name now? King, the new king? king? Charles. King Charles, sorry. Yes. I don't care if you're talking to the king of England <laughs> or the president or the, the boss, or if you're talking to the janitor or someone Absolutely. serving you fries at McDonald's. It does not matter. A please and a thank you and a, it's my pleasure. Yeah. Goes such a long way. And there's a reason that Chick-fil-A spent Absolutely. ridiculous amounts of money training their people to say, please, thank you, and my pleasure. 
it really does change emphatically. And so I'm not trying to scold everyone and say, hey, be more polite. It's more the power of politeness has immense impact in all the rest of your conversations. And I don't care about your position in the world. Uh, I don't care if somebody owes you what you're asking for. A please and a thank you, even if they're like six months late on giving you something that they stole from you. You still say thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, thanks thanks for that. Absolutely. Huge deal. Yeah. Way undervalued, I would say. All right. Number five. I would... Yeah, this was actually Interesting. a real estate context that okay. I heard this in. And it was very impactful in my, I tend to want to say too much. So the context here that I would have you imagine is you're in a house, you're walking around with the seller, you're about to list the property and they're saying, oh, look, you know, we, we, uh, we added these curtains and we, we did all this like improvements to the house. And like, do you think we should, we should, we should include the curtains in the sale. And what I'm inclined to want to say is like, well, if you include them, then this is the upside and this is the downside and this is how much you could get. And all of that is noise. What people are looking for when they ask for your opinion on certain things is what we call social proof. Yeah. They're just looking to know that somebody else agrees with their idea on that. Mm -hmm. And so when somebody says, blah, 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 I'm thinking of including the curtains. What do you think? I would. Yeah. Is so powerful because it's really what they're looking for. Yeah. In the same light, you could say, I wouldn't. Like they're saying, I'm thinking about not going to this dance. I'm not sure I want to go. Like my friends are going, but blah, blah, blah. Like, I I don't know. I'm not sure I'm going to go. And you go, well, I wouldn't. Yeah, if I was you, I wouldn't. Yeah. And that is what you're doing is an affinity with them. You're saying, I see your perspective without saying any of that. Right. Um, And you're saying, you're not the only person that is thinking what you're thinking. I do too. Yeah. So I would. Yeah. Is a great way to keep momentum in a conversation with someone where you do think it's a good idea, but without having to analyze the idea and say more than you need to say. Right. I, yeah, that I say more than I need to say <laughs> often as well. I think a lot <laughs> of so powerful salespeople sh- yeah. do. Yeah. We, we talk ourselves out, out of things of something. because yeah. we, we get too fancy with our footwork. Yeah. And sometimes you don't need any fanciness. People just need to know that what they're thinking is something that you affirm. Yeah, absolutely. Affirmation. Okay, I like that one. Number six. I, this is a yeah. What would it take is a good question. I love this question. What would it take? I like to think about the psychology on this one. What would it take? Um, when we're engaging with someone, we have, obviously, our brains are thinking through, especially if we're trying to guide someone towards a decision. And right away, when somebody's pushing, mm-hmm. the natural inclination is to push back. Yeah. And so our brains are thinking of all the reasons why we shouldn't, why we wouldn't, why we couldn't, why we can't. And when we say to someone, well, hold on, like, what would it take to for that to happen. Yeah. What's going on in our brain is we're, we're letting go of all the things that are in the we way. Can. We're stopping with all the obstacles and all the reasons why I can't. And we're asking ourselves subconsciously in our brain, well, okay, what would what, have what to it, be true yeah. for me to want to do that? Or yeah. what would it would have to be true for that outcome to occur? Yeah. So, I mean, and I, I relate that to the whole Zillow make me move thing mm-hmm. where, I don't know if you guys, everyone remembers that. But yeah. You could actually go to the website and type in what price you would be willing to sell your house for. And most people aren't looking to sell their house when they plug in that number, but they go, you know what, for a million bucks? Yeah, sure. Maybe. And what that's doing is opening their mind to, well, it is possible that Mm -hmm. I would sell my house. 
So what would it take is a question that in many contexts, if we, if we can get someone to answer that question, their brain stops thinking about all the can'ts and won'ts and mm-hmm. don'ts, and it starts going, well, okay, it would take this. Mm-hmm. You would need to give me this much money. You would need to be able to solve these three or four problems. You would need to provide me with this surety or comfort mm-hmm. or solution. Absolutely. And we've now crossed the bridge mm-hmm. into solution land. Yes, p- possibilities and solution, I think, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think what would it take, there's a million contexts for this, but it's about the psychology of shifting people into solution world. Absolutely. My brain literally just stopped and went, huh. Like, yeah, you start processing completely different. I start thinking, well, these things would need to be possible. Yeah. Be true. Yeah. And and that completely changes the, 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 your counterpart in a conversation because all of a sudden they're not pushing anymore. They're actually turning around, facing the same direction at you, looking at the problem that's in front of both of you. And now we're trying to solve it together. Now, they might come up with something asinine. Yeah. <laughs> I need a billion dollars to sell my house. Okay. But it, at least we're on the same side of the table Absolutely. now. Absolutely. What would it take? It's good. Number seven, I heard this the first time um, with Buffini in Peak Producers. Um, Moni was having them kind of paint the picture. So it's kind of very similar to that. If you had a magic wand. And I think the psychology of this is exactly the same. Yeah. So what we're doing with if I had a magic wand, we call this in psychology a suspension of disbelief. So I can't see how that's possible. I can't see how that's true. That's my disbelief. Yeah. If I can take someone's disbelief and just have them table it, just go, okay, just, let's just pretend mm-hmm. that it is possible. Mm-hmm. That's the suspension of disbelief. I take my disbelief, I put it in a little bag for a second, and I pretend that there is a way to make this happen. Yeah. Again, my brain has crossed the bridge into possible land. And so, you know, if you had a magic wand, um, sitting with someone, interviewing them about their job, you know, if you had a Absolutely. magic wand and you could do anything in the world, what would you, if you waved your magic wand, like what would the outcome be? Yeah. Hey, if, if you guys are thinking of selling your house, if you had a magic wand and the sale worked out perfectly Perfect. for you, tell me what it would look like. Yeah. It's creating a context where the impossible isn't an obstacle to the conversation anymore. And I can actually be open with you because I don't have to, maybe, maybe the price that I'm thinking about on my house is I'm thinking, well, that's a stupid price. And I don't want to say it out loud to you. So my disbelief yeah. gets in the way of my honesty. Yes. But give me a magic, and I, actually, I literally yeah. hand a pen over and say, hey, this is a magic wand. If you could wave your magic wand. What would, yeah. And so the psychology is what matters in that language. I'm back to adrenaline, cortisol versus serotonin yeah. and oxytocin. I, it's Happy a, place. Correct. I'm changing uh, the response. They don't need to be defensive because we're just pretending. We're brainstorming. Absolutely. This yeah. is this is all play play. But yeah. in, in this play play world, what would be true? Yeah. And you, the, you'll be amazed how much uh, solution can arise Absolutely. out of allowing people to get out of their own heads and all the practical things that they think are in the way. Yeah. All of a sudden they can table. Yeah. I use it in every single one of my buyer consultations, honestly. I say, if you can wave a magic wand, what would your future home look like? What do you see? What does it look like? How does it feel? I mean, those are... Just get them talking. Now, nobody actually believes that there's a magic wand. <laughs> yeah. But just those words put them back into, uh, it's now Walt Disney, and there <laughs> is magic. Yeah. And things are possible that otherwise weren't. So I can dream with you now. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Uh, number eight. This is hard for people like Vic and I. We talk about this one. Literally, you hold a, had a whole winning thought podcast on this one. Um, the word no. Yeah, I think that was one of my favorites to put together. It's something literally 
24 hours after that, I got a phone call. This was the Winning Thoughts podcast yeah. on you have to say no a lot. Yeah. And I got a call from someone asking me to go speak at some random conference somewhere. And I'm like, mm, no. no. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> now, I know that this isn't a phrase to win with in, in the same sense as some of the others, but I do think it's worth including here. We do have to learn to say no. Like I said, saying no to anything means saying yes to other things. Everything yeah. we say yes to is saying no is to, saying something, no to else. Some, something else that might be more important. Yes, absolutely. But I just do think that we have to not be afraid of no. And you know what's even better than no? No, thank you. But but we, we cannot allow ourselves to be roped into commitments that are robbing us of things that are more important. And sometimes the best thing you can say to someone is to look them in the eye and say, you know what, no, that's probably not something that's going to work for me. Or, yep. um, And I think we're afraid of it for Absolutely. all sorts of reasons. And we don't like to hear no, so we're afraid to tell people no. Yep. But honestly, you have to say no a lot. Yep. It's, yeah, very hard someone like me but yes I am trying to be better at that in my life all right number nine ask permission yeah the the phrase here is uh hey can I ask you a question or hey do you mind if I make a suggestion or hey can I I feel like I need your permission do I have permission to speak frankly that's a good one so all of those three are uh, asking for permission to proceed on something. Yeah. And so just right away, as I run through those, hey, do you, do you mind if I ask you, do you mind if I make a suggestion? Mm-hmm. What happens in your head? I'm like, sure. Actually, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking, yeah, I thank you for asking for my permission first. You might be a little concerned. Yeah. Like, okay. What's, what's coming next? Yeah. What's going to happen now? And But the thing is, if I'm taking the time to ask for permission, it's probably because what I'm asking for next is big mm-hmm. or hairy or scary, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The act of asking permission, it, it, it warns them. It lets them know, the hey, something's coming. Yeah. Now, but the psychological act of them going yes mm-hmm. to that request, it doesn't mean that whatever you're going to ask for next is easier to hear or not going to be a challenging conversation. Yeah. It means that they've at least given you the first few inches of the conversation in that you didn't hit them over the head with this. <laughs> yes. You came at them with respect and politeness. He said, listen, I, do you mind if I make a suggestion on something? Well, I mean, it depends on what it is, mm-hmm. but no, okay. I mean, like, yeah, no. honestly, do you mind if I speak frankly about something? Yeah. Sure, Dylan. Mm-hmm. Hey, so I've noticed this. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not getting you all the way to a yes, but it's, it's getting a few inches further into the conversation. Mm-hmm. It's granting permission and it's shifting the psychology just a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, on what you're going to offer next. So can I ask you a question? Do you mind if I make a suggestion? Hey, do you mind if I speak frankly? Or do, you have, do I have permission, permission to, to shoot straight with you? Yeah, that's good. That's a really good one. Especially those hard conversations. I'm th- that's a really good one to use in transactions. Honestly, I think so. All of these. There's so yeah. many applications, yeah. right? Yeah. All right. We are at number 10. Um, that's good. What do you think? Yeah, this <laughs> <laughs> this is one that I have not mastered. <laughs> and <laughs> you know people with lots of opinions and lots of ideas and um, sometimes being smart can be a downfall because you've you've already got an answer to some things but you know when somebody comes to you and they they're asking about a situation hey like I've got this problem and I don't know what to do with it and and my inclination is to jump in second sentence in right um, but if, if if somebody's asking you about something or you're discussing something that's challenging uh, yeah, I think one of the smartest things you can inject in first is, hey, well, like, what do you think? 
So someone comes and says, I've got this problem and I don't know what to do. And um, I can offer two solutions right away. But it's a little bit Absolutely. like asking your kids to come up with a couple of solutions <laughs> to a problem before you solve it for them. Yeah. Hey, well, so what are some things you could do, kid right? yeah. or Ashton? Yeah. Um, so what do you think does so much also because it's possible. In fact, it's probable. I'm going to go ahead and say it's likely. Yeah. That someone asking you, okay, let me use a bad example. <laughs> okay. So, hey, honey, <laughs> um, uh, I, I bought this new dress. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never done that. <laughs> like, do you like the blue one or the red one? Um, I like the red one is a very dangerous answer. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? It's yeah. But if there's a way that you could say, yeah. well, no, I mean, they're, they're really both kind of cool. Like, what do you think? <laughs> well, I really like the red one. Go good. <laughs> Great move. <buddy>. Yeah. <laughs> so this is about getting some insight first into yeah. what the individual that's asking mm -hmm. your opinion, because odds are that very likely they've already got some thoughts on it. They've already they got a preference or a perspective what do you think is a way before you jump into the lion's den? Absolutely. To get some perspective on their opinion. It doesn't mean you have to agree with it. Mm -hmm. It just means you're better equipped now to speak into this. And maybe a lot of marriages would it be saved over this. <laughs> yeah. And I, uh, going back to kind of transactional side of this, I think brokers, I mean, when we're answering questions, I, I feel like guiding them and coaching them. I've used this one a lot. Well, what do you, what do you think you should do? Right. Um, I feel like that's a good way to guide them. And because they, they do already have some thoughts in their head usually. So kind of guide them. And I need to work on that one. So why don't you hold me accountable okay. next time you ask me something. If I don't say, what do you think? Let me know. <laughs> All right. All right. Number 11. Um, similar, I think a little bit. How would, you, how would you go about it? Yeah, both of these are what Chris Voss refers to as calibrated questions. And he's really, he really means like open-ended questions that yeah. begin with how or what. Mm -hmm. And the reason how or what matter is you're deferring to the other person. You're saying, well, what is your opinion? Or what would you want me to do? Or how would you like me to do it? You're giving them the keys to the car and mm -hmm. saying, instruct me. And that's powerful because uh, in a negotiation, people want to feel like they're being heard and they've said their part and they're giving their guidance. Yep. So, you know, how would you go about it um, is, is just powerful because, again, it shifts the context um, it offers an opportunity for you to gain insight into what yeah. they're thinking. Yep. I'm thinking even in a negotiation with another agent Absolutely. and they are saying, well, you know, I want you to get the patio furniture, the dog and <laughs> this, their firstborn child included in the <laughs> sale um, and deferring to them in a calibrated way and saying, well, okay, I, I, I mean, I, I see what you're saying there. And let me just ask you this. Obviously, the client's probably not going to like that. How would you go about it? How would you go about communicating How, that yeah. to them? And it actually, it shifts the burden back onto this person asking for whatever they're asking for. And it makes them have to think about, okay, hold on. There are practical implications right. to this request. Absolutely. So if I were to have to do what I'm asking you to do, Mm -hmm. How would I do it? Mm -hmm. And sometimes that disarms that person to mm -hmm. go, oh, there isn't a practical way to do this. Yeah. But other times they do have an idea. There is a solution to this problem. And you, by saying, how would you go about it, are not just uh, acknowledging the request, but you're giving them an opportunity to um, offer insight. insight yeah. They may have a solution to this yeah. that you're not thinking about. So yeah. how would you go about it is a, is a great way, very similar to what do you think yeah. to continuing the conversation yeah. and getting gaining more insight as much as you can. Yeah, I like that. Instead of being the agent who says uh, immediately to that request, whatever the, I can't, well, I can't do that, right? Well, how would you go? I like switching that, having them share their insight is good.
How would you how how would you go about asking them asking for, the for the dog? I haven't done that before. Have you done that before? <laughs> Not sure how to do. Go about that. <clears throat> All right, number twelve. I trust your judgment. I've been working on this one lately. Um, I mean, I guess the context of this is sometimes where um, you've asked someone for something. You're you're asking them to accomplish something. You're entrusting them to be a part of a solution. And maybe they have an opinion or a thought or a plan or a trajectory. Um, and yeah, I trust your judgment on this. It, it doesn't mean I know you're going to get it done. I know it's going to turn out perfectly. But it's like, hey, I'm on your side. Um, I, you have a perspective on this. I've got your back on this. Yeah. So let's go do it the way yeah. that you're thinking of doing it. Yeah. I trust your judgment on this. Yeah. And I think it's powerful. Um, uh yeah, I think that's what I got to say on that one. Yeah. I'm I'm working to, you know, in my context, I have more and more people that I work with that I'm trying to accomplish things with and through. Mm -hmm. And I think a, a lot of them defer to my position on things because I happen to be the boss. Mm -hmm. um, but more and more, like Angela, in your role, there's a bunch of stuff that you're significantly better at than me <laughs> uh, in what you do. And sometimes what you need, you just talked about this, words of affirmation, affirmation. right? Affirmation, yeah. Hey, so, yeah, uh, how would you go about it? You give me the response. I go, okay, well, I trust your judgment, I, you know, I trust your judgment on that. Yeah. And so let me know how it goes, and hopefully it works out great. Yeah, and honestly, what that does in my head, I was even thinking about with this one with my kids too, but it does in my head, it's, it gives me the, oh, okay, I'm okay, I've got this. And it actually gives me some responsibility yes. to actually go do really well at that thing too. It actually places more burden yeah. on you. No, absolutely. Because not only it's not like I'm saying, okay, we agree. I'm a, I'm deciding that what you're saying is the right way. I'm right. saying I trust your judgment on it. Meaning, hey, you've got the keys on this one. Yeah. And so uh, that places more. What do you say? Responsibility. Responsibility. I would. Yeah, absolutely. It feels like a bigger burden. Yes. But I also feel That's like good. you're on my side. It's good. I like it. I do need to use that with my kids more. Well, All right. for the record, I do trust your judgment. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, number 13. Um, this is a good one as well. Um, it, I see this a lot with buyers and sellers. Can you tell me more about that? Part of this is about being a better listener. Yeah. And so like in our negotiation course and yep. I think our psychology course, we talked a lot about developing, um, em uh, what, what was the name for it? Um, yeah. Empathy. Some, yeah. I forget the tactical title. Tactical empathy. Tactical empathy. Yeah. And tactical empathy isn't just saying things that make the person think that you're hearing them. Tactical empathy is about communicating in such a way that you're forcing yourself to have to see their point of view. Yes. Can you tell me more about that as someone's coming to you with a series of 20 problems or whatever, mm -hmm. um, figuring, finding the one or the two that seem like they're the central thing and saying, hey, yeah. can, can you tell me more about, you, know, you were mentioning that you had this and this and this problem. Mm -hmm. When you mentioned that Frank was whatever, could you tell me more about that? Yeah. Um, it's a way to pull out your um, scalpel and really get to the heart of an issue. It's a way to on. make people feel more heard. Mm -hmm. It's a way to yeah dig deeper, but also, again, it's not just about um, getting the answers you're looking for. It's about you forcing yourself to actually hear the heart of something behind the words that they might be saying. Can you tell me more about that part? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that the person now that's rented out whatever they've rented, mm -hmm. Um, they stop, they go, okay, hold on, let me think that one through. You're interested in what I'm saying. You're obviously trying to learn more about what I'm communicating. And so now, here, let me try and elaborate yeah. on that some more. Yeah. That back to the whole triggers and glimmers thing. Yes. 
what that does in my heart as I'm trying to communicate to you is it really makes me feel like you're truly seeking to understand. understand. How What's you're more important though is that you are actually yes, seeking absolutely. to understand. So uh, can you tell me more about that? Can mm -hmm. you tell me more about this part or that mm -hmm. part? Super powerful. Yeah. Um, I always think of being a better listener. I mean, I always use the picture of you were given two ears and one mouth for a reason. Be a better listener. Again, <laughs> yeah. again, not my strength. <laughs> <coughs> well, I can have issues with that too sometimes. Um, this is my, the next one. Number 14 um, is definitely my number one piece of advice that I give to new agents all the time because it's okay not to know. So I love this one. Number 14, I don't know. Let me find out and I'll get right back to you. Super powerful for so new good. agents so because good. there's a lot that they don't know yes, in their first it's okay. year. But I think it's true um, all the way up to Warren Buffett, right? Like I, I, I think there's we've got to acknowledge that there's just a bunch that we don't know. You can't yeah. know it all. Yes. And the stupidest thing you can do in a context uh, in a client relationship or something yes. is to pretend to know mm -hmm. or to fake the answer. Mm -hmm. I think there's something incredibly uh, tactical, loving, empathetic, honest, sincere, and beautiful about looking someone out and say, you know, I, actually, that is not one that I know. Mm -hmm. um, but I'll tell you what, let me look into it. Yeah. I'll get right back to yeah. you. Now, the key is what? You must actually go find out and follow up. Yes. But when you do get back to that person, yes. you have created, you have like created an anchor inside mm -hmm. of them of trust because mm -hmm. now they know you are someone that's honest enough to admit when you don't know. Mm -hmm. Meaning the next time you tell them you do know, they're going to be okay, absolutely. Yeah. more inclined to believe it. Absolutely. But also you're someone with the integrity to, and the hard work to go and figure get answers out. Back. That's more back. valuable to me than someone that thinks they know all the answers. Absolutely. I don't know. Let me find out. I'll Thank get right back to you. you. I don't care if you're a new agent or you've been doing this 50 years and you're the best in the market. Um, those are powerful words to deploy. Absolutely. Definitely. Um, this next one also sticks out to me. Um, I've learned this first one from Buffini and, and definitely internalize this and use it with my clients a lot. Um, instead of responding with that, I can't do that. Um, this is my one, number 15. Let me see what I can do. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking about today, this, this podcast, this week, because <laughs> uh, I was prepping for this and, and I, I was counting the number of times that I actually <laughs> deployed this one. Um, and it's a lot. Yeah. Let me see what I can do. You know, the context for me on this one is somebody's asking you to turn the world upside down. Yeah. They're asking you for 20 things, but a good example might be you've got a client that's post inspection. Yeah. Uh, we've already negotiated all the inspection items. <laughs> and now all of a sudden they're like, you know, I've decided we want the swing set included and we really don't like this, that, or that. Mm -hmm. And I'd really like this replaced. And the natural instinct on that is to say what? Uh, no, we're through inspections. We can't ask for anything no. else. No, no, you can't do that. Like, what are you doing? This is, <laughs> yeah. that's not polite. That's not right. Like, yeah. I can't do mm -hmm. that. And, and all they're hearing then is fight or flight, mm -hmm. adrenaline being not pumped, on my cortisol. Side. You're my enemy as well. Yep. The whole world's against me. I hate my agent. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> um, and, and you can get to later what isn't going to be possible, but let me see what I can do immediately. They're like, okay. It doesn't, it doesn't mean, yes, I can get this all done. It doesn't mean you're right about all those things. Mm -hmm. It just means I'm on your side mm -hmm. and I'm going to see what I can do to accomplish what you're asking me for. Now, you're then going to go call the agent and say, hey, listen, here's the deal. I know we're post-inspection. I get it. Um, you're probably going to think I'm a, I'm a total tool for asking you this. <laughs> and if you want to be angry with me, I understand. But I'm 
representing my client, client and this is what hey, they've asked. Hey, here's where they're at. Yep. They're asking for this, this, and this. And then if they come back and say, you might be surprised. I know. Honestly, you got to ask. Absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes we're surprised. We actually get an, af- an affirmative on one of the five things. Yeah. And we go back to our client and say, hey, listen, here's a deal. I did my best. I spoke to the agent. Um, I did get them to agree to this. Yeah. Now, I couldn't get them to agree to these things. Yeah. It's a completely different context relationally for them to hear that those two are no's. And by the way, who said no to those two things? The other people. The not, other not people you. said not no. Not you. Yes. You went to bat for your yes, client. Yes, absolutely. And I don't care if it's your client, your wife, your kids, or anyone that's asking you for something um, start with, let me see what I can do. Mm-hmm. Then when you can't get it done, if you can't get it, first of all, you might be surprised yeah. and you do. Yeah. But sec, which makes you a hero. Absolutely. But if you can get some part, part of it done, good for you. The part that you can't, you can then explain, Hey, I tried my best. Here's why that's not going to work yep. out. Um, how would you like me to proceed? Yep. Game changer. It, I mean, I, use it all the time. I want to rank these things yeah. like that's in any particular order, <laughs> but that's pretty high up the list yeah. of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Start saying, let me see what I can do to your clients. Absolutely. That's a, yeah, definitely one I've internalized. All right. Last one of this is part of the series. Um, who do you know who? This is a good one for refer referability. Yeah, yeah. I, I threw this one in. That was certainly uh, Buffini that yep. I think I first heard that yep. from. But yep. it was powerful in my head in more context than, again, so many of these are about social psychology. Who do you know who was the context is, instead of saying, hey, do you know of anyone that? Yes, like, yep. Hey, do you have friends thinking of moving? Yep. The answer is either yes or no in someone's head. Mm-hmm. Who do you know who? implies something completely different. Yeah. It's saying, hey, who do you know that's moving? And the reason that question should be phrased that way is because they do know someone. Yeah. The, they just don't re- recall them right now. Mm-hmm. And so who do you know who, to your brain, tells your brain subconsciously, hey, you know this. Yeah. Can you recall it? Yeah. Versus yes or no, is there anyone like this in your, in your yeah. life? And when yeah. your brain immediately tries to think of something, the answer is like, I can't think of anyone now, then the answer is no, and you stop thinking about it. Yeah. Who do you know who is an open file? Mm-hmm. And when they say, you know, I can't think of anyone right now, you go, hey, no problem, totally get it. If you do come if across do. anyone, let me know. That is now an open file. It's like a program, you know, like uh, on your computer where you, you leave windows open. Well, that window is still open now. <laughs> yep. In their head, when, yep. they, when they open their computer tomorrow, yep. That one's still like, running. Hmm, they're still thinking about it. Yep. And I think there's lots of context for who do you know who. So whether it's referral based or anywhere else, I think the big takeaway on that is that similar to what would it take, similar to if you had a magic wand. Right. Reframing how we ask our questions yeah. to create those kinds of open files. What yep. is possible yep. questions? Open up the possibility, the curiosity, the yeah, yeah, solutions. Game changer yeah. in shifting the psychology of the person that you're encountering. So who do you know who? That's uh that's 16 of our first ones. Yeah, there we go. We're wrapping up with 16 of our first ones for of the 25. We'll come back with the next nine um, and our next part of our series. Sounds good. Thank you for joining us today. For more episodes, resources, and show notes, head to morethanmorepodcast.com. More